Whoa. Hey. Remember me? It's been a little while, huh? Well, this is Wrench Life with a Y, right? Because, uh, was there something, nothing, it's not as good as feeling good or something. I don't know. It's been a while. But we're back. We're going to go ahead and say this is, uh, this is Wrench Life, baby. You know the deal. We're here. We're wrenching it. You might remember from the end of last season, R.A.P. Blaze. Blaze is no longer with us. He's moved on. He's not dead. It kind of sounded like I said he was dead. He's not dead. He's out there in Chicago crushing it. Big City Nights. Cue that. Big City. Big City Nights. It's a good song, right? Anyway. So now it's just me. Uh, I'm going to try to get some people on the show to talk about a little bit, maybe some um, introspective, extrospective, uh, what do we call it? In the beginning, we called it a, a different perspective, I think, was the what we would call those shows about other people. I'll try to do some more of that. But otherwise, it's just going to be me. I'm rolling out a new format. I've been thinking about this, how I'm going to do this format for a while, because obviously it's going to be way less entertaining with only one person. Uh, I can't. There's more pressure on me to not screw up and stumble because Blaze can't jump in and just say something fun and quirky to, you know, or call me out on something or I'm not elaborating enough. So I'm trying to, I'll try to be a little bit better. Right? Anyway. It's a new format. They're going to be shorter. Uh, I'm integrating a whole new thing into the, pu- into the French slice puzzle. It's all my thinking. All this. I realized uh, there's probably something we've, oops. I was trying to smoothly put my phone on silent so I didn't make a noise, and I just dropped it on my computer, so... <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. I was thinking, like, you know, I, I, I want to make I want to make you less stressed, healthier, physically, mentally. We always say that mental health is physical health. It's really important. And, you know, one thing I follow very closely is... is it. Well, I don't follow... I guess you could say I follow politics relatively closely, but I follow social issues, which is kind of politics, very closely... And I, I realize that those issues I think are, are are a main source for anxiety for people. And I I wanted to integrate them into wrench life because I think it'll help people not feel so like with the weight of the social issues on all the time and feeling like everyone's at each other's throats. Like it's just not good. It's not good for anyone. But the problem when you want to talk about politics is when you when you get into it and you know you're giving someone not what they agree with. You're feeding them a, you know stuff that's not what they agree with. They get hostile and it makes it worse. So I've been kind of apprehensive on how to bring this in or or to how wait, I've been apprehensive on bringing it in because I didn't want to be too inflammatory. But I've developed my new plan is this is the new the new spectrum. It's going to be called alt-moderate, or hard-moderate. It's like a play on alt-right or far-right. But we'll get to that in a minute. But So the new format is we're going to do... I'll do one health-related thing. Uh, moments, if I have them. I'm going to do a segment called uh, What Do You Meme? Which I won't always do, but sometimes I'll do it. Which will be me uh, ranting about how stupid some sort of meme is about uh, mental health. Because there's so many terrible mental health memes that are just like 
not helping you, like you think it's helping you, it's like, oh, look, this is, depression is like this, and it's okay to be this way. It's like, no, like, yes, it's okay to be like that some way, but anything that stands to normalize that behavior into a regular routine is bad for you, right? It's okay. We all have moments where in the bed, in the fetal position, crying, like it happens every day. <laughs> Not every day. Maybe every day. There was definitely points in my life that was an everyday occurrence. But if you are having those bouts of depression every day, the last thing you need is for someone to come in and go, no, that's normal. That's how it is. It's how it's always going to be. And you're like, cool. This is just, I should be, I should normalize this. Not to be like, no, this is the exception, not the rule. We need to get back to being normal, right? So I'll do a section where I'll take a dumb meme like that and and I'm just going to rant and yell about it because some people seem seem to think that's comical when I just go off on stuff like that. So that could be fun. Or it might upset you. Either way, I don't care. No, I do care. Uh, then we'll go into a segment uh, where I'll do a, a political thing or a social thing. So, whatever. I might break up the moments, do one moment here, one moment there. We're going to play around with a little bit. The vi- I'm going to still upload this as one podcast. And I will upload it to YouTube as one podcast. But I'll actually gonna, I'm probably going to separate it into two clusters. Um, maybe three or four so on youtube i'll upload full podcasts and then like each one in in different playlists so if you only want to go down my list of um you know political crap you can do you can do so right so today we're gonna do i'm gonna talk about a really cool study that was done on jazz hands the oral microbiome right hell yeah i love biomes Everyone loves biomes. Um, then I'll do some moments, which I actually, realizing now, I never actually sat down and wrote down any moments, so I'll have to, I'll have to just, like, improv it. Uh, then I'm, for this first political one, I'm actually going to kind of give you the rundown a little bit. I'm going to yell at you a little bit. And then that'll be it. So I'm probably going to aim generally these things to be about maybe half hour, give or take. Might be less. So, segment one. The oral microbiome. If you don't know what that is, your microbiome is, is you know, you have a skin, you have a skin microbiome, you have a nasal microbiome, you have a, a gut microbiome. Like there, you, there's all these, you're crawling with microorganisms right now that are doing all sorts of things. Uh, they're ready to eat you if you die. <laughs> you know, it's, just, it's, just, it's crazy. We don't know nearly enough about it. The microbiome is in itself. You got to think about it. It's like a forest. It's an ecosystem. Your nose, your mouth, your gut, you know, probably up in your colon, everywhere. Uh, you have this microscopic ecosystem. Like every ecosystem, it has to be in balance, right? And we're learning more and more that when these ecosystems become out of balance, it, it wreaks havoc on our health, which is crazy. This thing we can't even see, it's screwing you up. So this study that was just done, uh, is incredibly fascinating. And it's one of these studies that I read it, and I immediately have moved to change my life to incorporate this. Uh, this So, I'm going to get right into it here. Uh, this is on Silence Daily, sciencedaily.com. Uh, it's in the news section, and the, the title of it, of the study is Mouthwash. Mouthwash use could inhibit benefits of 
exercise. Now you're saying, what the heck? How does that make any sense? Well, I'm going to read you a little bit of the article. If you want to, this isn't, I'm sorry, this is really even an article. This is like the, like the project, like this is the actual study. Uh, so I'm going to read you the intro. Scientists have shown that the blood pressure lowering effects of exercise is significantly reduced when people rinse their mouths with an antibacterial mouthwash rather than water, showing the importance of oral bacteria in cardiovascular health. That was a mouthful. Pun intended. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, crazy. Wow. All right, so... If you, have a, if you have an oral microbiome, obviously, if you do an antiseptic mouthwash, like, it has no way of filtering out good and bad bacteria. It just wipes it all out. You're just rapturing. <laughs> you're not rapturing out the bad bacteria. You're just, you're just, you're just genociding everything, right? So, moving along a little bit here. Some species of bacteria in the mouth can use nitrate and convert into, convert into nitrate. All right, that's what it says. A very important molecule that can enhance the production of nitric oxide in the body. When nitrate is in saliva, it's swallowed. Part of the molecule is rapidly absorbed into the circulation and reduced back to nitrate, nitric oxide. This helps to maintain a widening of blood vessels which leads to a sustained lowering of blood pressure after exercise. So apparently, some crap that's in your mouth, when you swallow it, it absorbs into your blood, and that helps your blood vessels expand, better blood flow. When you have more, when the volume of area the blood is filling is wider, you have lower pressure, right? Like, when you close off the hose, it's like, you know? You, you get the analogy, right? So the scientist said, quote, we wanted to see whether blocking nitrate's ability to be converted into nitrate by inhibiting the oral bacteria. We wanted to see if it had an effect on it, right? So I'm going to go into the report a little bit, see if I could tell you exactly what they did. I know it's in here. So let's see. They used, the study was done on 23 healthy adults. 23, it's a pretty small sample size. They ran on a treadmill for 30 minutes on two separate occasions after which they were monitored for two full hours. 23 adults, 30 minutes, two occasions, two hours of monitoring. On each occasion at 1, 30, 60, and 90 minutes after the exercise, they were asked to rinse their mouth with a liquid, either a mouthwash that had 0.2% chlorhexidine, which I guess is the antiseptic, uh, or a mint-flavored water, which was the placebo. Neither the researchers nor the participants knew which liquid they were rinsing. That's really good for for like a double blind. Is that right? It's a double blind trial because the, the researchers don't even know. So when they're aggregating the data, they don't really even know. So the blood pressure was measured. And blood pressure was measured and saliva and blood samples were taken at those intervals. One minute, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes. Oh, and at 120. No food or drink except the water was allowed during the exercise during, and during the recovery period. So it sounds like a pretty well done experiment there. There's no other, can't be any other factors involved. They use only healthy adults, so we don't know 
really that clearly if it would mess up any unhealthy people. So some people have screwed up my oral microbiomes. Like some people have chronic bad breath. That's like an oral microbiome issue. Uh, let's see. So, I mean, I don't, this is getting into the, the actual blood pressure, pressure metrics. And I don't really know enough about it to say it, to say it. But let's see if we can find something that's more layman in here. Here we go. The results show the blood pressure lowering effects of exercise were diminished by more than 60% over the first hour of recovery and totally abolished after two hours. So, I mean, I don't know what this says uh, for time frame. They're probably going to have to do a little more research. So if you use Listerine like in the morning and you exercise six hours later, there might not be any anything. Like I don't know nearly enough about the oral microbiome to see how fast it recovers. I do know that your gut microbiome recovers in like like a day or so. Like when you take antibiotics, your your gut microbiome gets washed out like entirely to like basically nothing, and then in a matter of like two days, it's all back to normal. And that your your oral microbiome is like a fraction of the size of your gut microbiome. So. That's pretty interesting. So if you're someone that uh, works out early in the morning, go for that morning run, skip the mouthwash, rinse with water. Uh, you know, maybe stick with the mouthwash, mouthwash at night. Pretty fascinating. If you want to read more about it, you can, you can go ahead and Google that article. Uh, it's pretty fascinating. It's like, what the hell, you know? It's crazy. Um, yeah, What? I know, like, that's in line with some of those things that they say, like, skin-to-skin um, -skin contact with other humans is good for you because your biome, skin biomes match and everything. It's good for mental health, all kinds of stuff. So that was just a really fascinating article. I have, since doing this, I, I do still do mouthwash before I go to bed in the mornings if I know I'm not going to be doing any physical exercise for like three to four hours. I haven't been doing the mouthwash and I'm kind of watching this issue to see if they get more data. And if the data says it's, you know, totally going to happen regardless, I'll just cut out the mouthwash entirely. So screw it, whatever. So the more, you know, right. Uh, moving along moments, let's go into some moments here. Let me think here. Let's go ahead and let me give, I, it's been so long, I guess I my laptop got screwed up here and I can't really see my buttons because they're coded because I have these, like audio, like, like a soundboard on my laptop. Ooh, let me see. You got a angry, angry moment? Oh, yeah. Alright, this isn't too much of an angry moment, really, because things have been pretty alright. <laughs> but, uh, I was playing ready for curveball, playing disc golf the other morning. <laughs> and I just, yeah. I'm competitive with myself, you know, and, and it's just so funny. Like, it's, just, it's a freaking frisbee, and you're just throwing a freaking frisbee, and you're like, okay, okay, ready. And I'm like, I'm throwing it right there. Alright, okay, and you spent, you throw, you, you gonna release out this way you know you're just you're so serious i've had the same issues with, with bowling finesse is not my thing if, if you've ever seen me finesse not my thing just not a finesse guy 
so playing disc golf, you're all serious. You're like, I got this. You throw it, and then you think you're going to let go, you know, here. But when your hand isn't there yet, you let go, and then the, 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 it goes that way. And sayonara. It's just so, I don't know why. It just makes me so mad. Just the other discs in my other hand, I just like slammed them on the ground, which is a terrible idea. It's it's just so funny. I have so much um, control. Sorry, I'm so sniffly. I have a lot of mental control. I'm pretty control of my affect. But there's just certain scenarios like that. And, like, I know I'm going to get that mad. And it just happens. And for, like, that four seconds, I'm just out. Dave's gone. Angry guy is throwing stuff. <laughs> and I under, I totally make, makes me understand. There's some people that that blind rage can go on for, like, ten minutes. And it's terrifying. But it's funny in hindsight. Just thinking about me. <laughs> just me out there throwing frisbees on the ground all mad because I didn't throw a frisbee freight straight it's so funny it's so stupid but we got to be able to go back in hindsight and realize it was stupid right <sighs> yeah and then uh let's go in and long pause see this is the thing that blaze would save me here mm. I mean I'll do a beautiful moment what's on that F5. Oh, wrong button. My beautiful moment was literally a, a beautiful week. Random thought here. Maybe I'll try to get Blaze to do beautiful moments. He could just like record them on his phone and send them to me and I could just like play them mid-show or something like that. That could be cool. But uh, I reminded me of Blaze because my beautiful moment in included Blaze. The last week of um, August, I closed the skate park I run and I go on a week-long vacation. And it was absolutely beautiful for like a full week. It was nothing but beautiful moments. It was like, it was unbelievable. Honestly, like just, I was I was so busy this summer. I didn't plan it. I didn't plan it. I like did some outlining for what I might want to do in July, and then in all August, like, it was literally two days before the vacation, I kind of, like, just threw it all together, and I ended up having a pretty nice trip itinerary, and my trip itinerary was so, I was so efficient with my trip itinerary that I actually finished the vacation, like, a day early, because I was just, like, point A to point B to point C, kind of just all about that efficiency thing, but I, you know, I went, uh, I went through Ontario, into, uh, Detroit, through Michigan, Indiana, Chicago, back through Ohio, and I was camping alone, which was just wonderful. Sorry about the sniffles here, guys. It was absolutely wonderful. I never really drove more than a three-hour stint because I would stop at a mountain bike park or a normal park or uh, a skate park or just where I was staying for the day. You know, and some people might think that much traveling, that much non-stuff, that much alone time doesn't sound like a vacation. For me, it was absolutely wonderful. Just during the week, campgrounds are just empty. There's no one there. I, it was just me, my bikes, my Coleman grill, my cast iron. I was doing wrench fist. Just eat. I ate better on my vacation than I ate 
normally. Just I cooked all my own food, made all my own coffee, had my percolator going, had my my favorite Peruvian coffee I drink. Just it's wonderful. It, I mean, it was just awesome. Like every night camping, just alone in the campground, no one around. Campfire, make like a fat steak on the fire. Bunch of Brussels sprouts. Had the Bluetooth speaker. Very, very quiet. Just a little bit of tunes. I, it was a very nostalgic vacation. I listened to a lot of old music from when I was younger. Just driving out in the country. As much as I hate Bruce Springsteen. I was not listening to Bruce Springsteen. But it had that, like, I was just driving through middle America. Oh, man. It was wonderful. Chicago was cool. Never been to Chicago as an adult. Rode about 60 miles around Chicago. I uh, went to a White Sox game, did a Wrigley tour, ate Chicago pizza, and as a New Jerseyan, uh, I was very ready to talk shit on Chicago pizza, and it was actually pretty great. Hung out at Let's Roast, a uh, friend of mine's bike shop, awesome. It was great to see Blaze out there killing it in Chicago. It was just a great trip. It was beautiful. I got home, and I was, like, depressed. I was like, I just want to live in my truck and travel and ride my bike, and, like, the one day we just... We, the one day I went to, I went to Indiana Dunes State Park, which is, uh, in Indiana. <laughs> Go figure. And I just, uh, you know, backed my truck up to the beach, dropped the tailgate, got out the grill, cut up the veggies. I just made my beautiful breakfast. It, it was like, I mean, it must've been like 80, 81 degrees and sunny right on the water you could faintly see chicago on the uh horizon of the the great lake there eating my oh my god it was awesome it was just awesome drank a couple beers too speaking of beers i stopped drinking so we'll see if i start again but whatever that would be our moments for now I did have a chaotic moment. I did have like a, a kind of like high anxiety thing for like two or three nights. And one night it was particularly rough. But I, I don't want to get into it now. I just don't want to talk about it right now. So that ends our moments. And then we're going to move into... Uh, so I'm really sorry about this. I, I maybe have a little cold or something. <sighs> sorry. All right. We're going to move along here and we're going to get into the new section of Wrench Life. Well, I'm going to explain it a little bit more, get into a little bit. I hope, I hope, um, I really think this could help a lot of people because there's a lot of disinformation, misinformation out there. Um, uh, make a perfect point. Not a perfect point. A, a, a strong point I made earlier this week with someone that, you know, got all mad about it. But imagine, imagine you watched news outlet A and or news outlet B, right? Right. And you think you watch B and you think news outlet A is nothing but propaganda. It is biased propaganda, right? News out. I listen to news outlet B. Because news outlet A is nothing but propagandistic, biased nonsense. 
How can you think that, but not think for a second that there's any bias in your media, right? How can you look at, the guy that listens to News A thinks the same thing about you and News B, and you listen to News B, and you think about the same thing, like, reality check, CNN is as bad as Fox News. They're both biased, they both have a narrative, they both, like, they're the same thing. And if this makes you mad, it means you're indoctrinated into that system. It's insane. Insane. So, this is our thing. This is the new thing. This is my thing. It's going to be alt-moderate. Most people in America are moderates. Most people. They don't give a shit. They're too busy, right? The problem is, the moderates are busy living their lives, they're not one way or the other, they're kind of like whatever, they're just like everyone else, they're trying to make ends meet, and they don't have time for all this crap. You have the people on the edge, on the edges, the fringes, the people that are indoctrinated, they're into it, that they think it's their lifeblood, they're the ones yelling, right? And the people yelling have gotten louder and louder, the media has, be- the mainstream media has become more and more biased, the internet algorithms have been more polarizing you have this it is not a good environment for mental health so from a psychological stance that sort of bias is not good for you it's not good for anyone except for the people that are trying to sell it to you it's funny like the people on the left that are that like they're CNN indoctrinated and they're so against like corporatism and big business and they think Fox News is terrible and biased and they don't realize for a second like they're right in the middle of a different prop- propaganda machine business machine like the people at CNN don't give a shit about you they don't care like they're just selling you a narrative like god there's been leaked memos that say like they're it's intentionally a narrative like it's not they're not journalists like traditional journalists but also it's worth noting that journalism was never really that like honest, great, wholesome thing we think it was. It was only around after World War Two when like we got this common enemy that journalism kind of came together because the ideological ideological enemy was outside the country, and then it was the Cold War. But before that, like early newspapers in America were just they're worse than they were now. So it's not like a fairy tale where everything used to be great and we destroyed it. Uh, sidebar: If you really want to get into why we're divided on uh, like politics and religion. There's a Jonathan Haidt book. I know I talked about one of his books. I think The Happiness Hypothesis on here. His other book, The Righteous Mind, might even be better than that book. Uh, The Righteous Mind is, like I said, it's why we're divided on politics and religion. There are these moral compasses in the book that break down people that are um, liberal and conservative and how they view morality. And it really, really helps you come up, give you a high resolution understanding on why we don't agree on stuff because we don't use the same parameters to measure it. It's pretty, really, really fascinating stuff. Highly, highly recommend reading that book. So anyway, jumping back into it. If you don't know where you stand politically, you probably should. Uh, There is a great website called uh, politicalcompass.org. If you go to politicalcompass.org slash test, you can take their political compass test. It has, it's a, it's a, it's a graph. Um, On the left to right axis, they have Go figure, left to right. 
on the up and down axis, they have libertarian to authoritarian. So you could be anywhere on that spectrum between conservative, liberal, which is left and right, roughly speaking, in America, and then libertarian, authoritarian, up and down, right? So obviously, if you know anything, a communist country like Russia or Cuba would be very left, very far left and entirely authoritarian. They would be in the farthest upper corner, right? And then like Nazis, Germans were authoritarian, but I think they were more right-leaning, so they would probably be halfway to the right. So it breaks it all down on that website. I think it would be a great idea if you've never done that to take that compass. It asks a lot of questions, and you're like, huh, interesting. It's worth it's worth it. Um, I'll actually put my my results up in this video. I did it a year ago, and then I actually did it again today. So you can actually see my political compass, and it actually it's actually shifted farther libertarian and farther left over the last year, which is ironic because the media I listen to, you would think the opposite would happen. Not the case. So do that political compass test. It's pretty fascinating. <laughs> Moving along. I'm going to tell you some statistics, and you might feel a certain way, and we're going to talk about it a little bit. Uh, Gallup poll, 2019. Between 2010 and now, so over the last a little bit less than 10 years, Americans are 38 to 35% self-reported conservative. Liberals are 23 to 26% self-reported. Now, this might sound weird to you, and if it does sound weird to you, it's because you live in an echo chamber. You live in an ideological echo chamber. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know me. You're probably a young person. You probably live in an urban or suburban area. You live in an echo chamber. You don't live in the country. You think because everyone you interact with, all your Facebook friends, your YouTube and Facebook algorithms are all feeding you the stuff that you want to digest. You think the country is like 80% liberal like you, and there's 20% of these people somewhere else that are just not as smart and good as you. That's not the case. More of the country is conservative than liberal. And that sounds, I mean, it probably sounds scary to you, but a better way to think of it, because you probably don't even really think about it, is that generally a conservative person in a political spectrum says, well, things are kind of working. We should leave it the way it is. You should conserve it, like conserving energy. Just don't don't rock the boat. Don't shake it up. It's it's good enough. Let's go. It's fine. Leave it the way it is. Let's just keep moving. Liberals are like rock the boat no matter what, you know? And like you'd say a progressive is far pretty is far far liberal progressive person's like whatever. We can do it better. Let's change it. Tear it down. Build something new. Whatever. You know? And both those points are valid points. They're both needed in the conversation. And in certain contexts, they're like... Like, in every context, they're important. And in certain contexts, they have to go one way or the other. Right? <laughs> right. Cool. There are certain contexts where they're not good. There's certain contexts where they are good. Now, you can go farther into that. Like, you can go really, you know, like... You could be... Like, I'm fiscally conservative because I'm poor and I was always poor, but I'm very, I'm socially liberal. Like, I'm like, do whatever you want. But then 
I'm very libertarian. So libertarian is basically like, I don't give a shit. Do you? Not my, None of my business. So the libertarian thing basically ends up being like a liberal thing in the terms of social stuff because you're like, whatever. Do you. I'm going to do me. But yeah, but if you think those the statistics that more that many more people are conservative than liberal, but also we're talking about thirty-five to twenty-five percent, so there's like sixty percent of people that are moderate, right? Anyway, so political polarization in the country has alienated a lot of people, and and the scary thing about it, it's in the name of of diversity and intolerance. Many many people and their opinions have grown homogeneous and intolerant, intolerant of diversity of opinion and intolerant of nuance in a conversation. Many people can't even handle the mere suggestions of, of something they don't agree with. Like, like, let's see, I have an example here. Like, if I were to say a parent can't, sorry, I'm trying to, I don't want to like say this in a way that's going to be a, like too polarizing, right? The just the suggestion that a parent can tell a child how to express their quote gender is very triggering to some people because they're hook, line, and sinker that it is not the case. The kid can do whatever the want they want. The kid knows what's best, and you know. If you're, if you have, if you don't have a kid, you would be like, oh, whatever. If you have a kid, you're like, well, yeah, no shit. Like the kid doesn't know anything. He's six or whatever, right? But to give you an example of, of how these, these things kind of don't work well together. Why is it that the, the, the mother, right, would have 100% say in whether the child lives to exit the womb, right? But the same parent can have 0% say in whether that boy is a boy or a girl, right? When you put those two ideas together, they kind of don't mesh really well. So, like, I want to talk about issues and give you multiple perspectives because these things should mesh together well. Like, you should have continuity of thought across the table or at least work toward getting there, right? A parent, you know, what, what, what's the line? It's a really good line. It's uh, affection, protection, direction. That's what the parent's there for, right? Obviously, if you were completely conservative on, the, on like, it's like the gender of your child issue, you would say, under no circumstance can my son wear a dress. Right, and if you were all the way on the liberal side of it, you'd be like, he could just do whatever. I don't care. And obviously, the real answer is somewhere in the middle, right? Somewhere moderate. It's a moderate answer. I always think it's funny. I think back. You look at a picture of yourself when you were like six years old, and like you look goofy and ridiculous, and you go, Mom, why the hell did you give me that stupid? haircut in in the days of 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 this really like kind of like we're figuring out exactly how to navigate gender expression 
you know, people are going to, I hear this, the thing in my head where it's going to be like, oh, you're going to look at your pictures of yourself when you were six and seven. You're going to be like, mom, why did I look like a, a girl in, in all the pictures when I was a little kid? And, and mom's like, well, that's what you wanted. And you're going to look at your mom and you're going to go, mom, I was seven. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and like, that's not a, like, that could so easily be taken as a harsh take because of the issue is so sensitive because of the political polarization. But you can take it from me, someone that has grown up and lived their whole life with gender dysphoria, that that is an appropriate answer. Your mom or your dad says, no, what the hell are you doing? It's just silly. Um, kind of went off a tangent here. Yeah, that's funny that I wrote here. It's silly. Um, so yeah, what I want to add to this program is to show the diversity of view viewpoints, both politically and socially. And I don't want to change your opinion. I'm not like trying to change your opinion. I just want to try to enlighten you to think at a bigger perspective. Right. And I, I'm going to tell you why that is that in a, in a minute. Um, there's a really, really great quote I saw recently. And the quote was, if you change someone's mind in a discussion or a debate or an argument, it says more to the person whose mind was changed um, intelligence than to your debating skills, right? Think about that. It's more important that the person listening is willing to listen than the person debating or discussing his ability to debate or discuss. Like, I want... Take that to heart. Doesn't matter how good I can tell you a point about, you know, Listerine and mouthwash. It's how receptive, receptive you are to learning new truths. Right. Mental health is physical health. They are one and the same. When you feel like your ideas are under attack... And that like half the country and the people around you are like savages. It presses on your health. This is the point I was going to allude to a second ago. Depression is unprocessed fear of the past. Anxiety is unprocessed fear of the future. Negative emotion about what has happened. Negative emotion about what is going to happen. Right? So in that same scope, we need to stop rewriting history through the lens, through this dark lens of cultural Marxism where it's all about victim and, and oppressed groups. And, and that doesn't do nothing but make you sad. And anxious. All we can do. Is learn from the past. Don't. Don't. Tell me. That Thomas Jefferson was a piece of crap. Because he had slaves. Obviously it's bad he had slaves. Slavery is a horrible thing. It is the darkest mark. On US history. But that's also the man. That wrote. This document right here. Next to me on the wall. From the hand, from the pen of that man wrote, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all man is created equal, right? 
The principle was there. The times were not there. Moral relativism can be a, a dangerous thing, right? All we can do is look at that situation and say, that was a great idea. All men are created equal. The world changed at the writing of that pen. The U.S. The, the U.S. founding documents that say life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are the only foundational documents in the history of the world that include the word happiness. No other country mentions that. We need to take the good from the past and learn from the good. We need to take the bad from the past learn from the past. Don't make those mistakes. The principles and the applications aren't always the same. We could always learn. Do not if you want to subscribe to this thing that the Founding Fathers were all bad and evil and Christopher Columbus was a terrible person and blah and all that stuff, what is it doing for, for your psyche? Is it making you healthier? Is it making you happier? No, it's, it's giving you this tension that you, we live in this toxic society and everything is bad and we need to... It's like, all right, bad for your mental health. Even if you agree with it, you can't deny the fact that it puts a depression from the past on you that is not going to make you happy, right? So let's move on to the future. So I'm, nobody is out to get you. The political polarization puts this pressure on you, this fear of the past, you know, like the, the, the climate change stuff, the world's going to be over in 10 years. The, the Trump is trying to strip women of their rights. It's like he is not doing that. Nobody is doing that. The world's not going to be over in 10 years. Those sorts of things are only going to give you anxiety. They're going to make you distrust other humans. It's, it's, it's not going to help. It's, no, one's, no one's out to get you. It's crazy. No one's trying to come out and strip you of your rights. Same thing, you gun people. Like, oh my God, no one's in the country. There's no way. No way that in the United States of America they're going to pass legislation where they're going to come around and collect your guns. That's never going to happen. Voluntary buybacks, maybe that's reasonable. Both be, both sides. None of that crazy stuff is going to happen. And when you have clickbait articles saying they are going to happen, it's just going to make you paranoid and angry. The people in the country are going to be like, "All oh, those liberals in the city, they're just dead. Oh, they're out there just." And all the young people in the cities, you're going all this country folk, they're all simpletons and stop. There's these lines I've been saying over and over. No one thinks they're a bad person. Everyone thinks they're trying and everyone thinks they're busy. People you don't agree with. The guy the guy you want to call the simpleton, the redneck guy out in Wayne County, he brings things to the table that you don't. And you bring things to the table that they don't. We all need to meet in the middle to have conversations. The world's not burning down. It's... Take deep breath. We see things from different points of view. And together, we have a higher resolution view of both the past and the future. We are more alike than we are unalike. We are stronger and more healthy together. 
don't wrench alone. We all have a lot of love to give. And and that love and that conversation and that affection, that's a that's a currency which 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 is ROI, return on investment, is is better. It's stronger. It has compound interest when when you spend that currency of love and affection with your friends and your family and your strangers. You'll get more out of it doing it that way than doing it on yourself. You invest a dollar in yourself, you get a dollar. You invest a dollar in a friend, you might get back a buck fifty one day. Maybe two dollars. Send out the good, bring in the good, right? That'd be a nice way to end, but I'm just gonna take a deep breath. This is Wrench Life, right? This is season two of Wrench Life. I want to, make, give you, I want to give you one tip to make your life healthier mentally and physically. I want to give you one, one explanation of a, a, a social or political issue that will help you understand it and not feel so pressured about it. And I want to give you some insight to how I think and how other people think in those moments of of depression and anxiety and, and anger. It's, it's humility. I'm like you. You're like me. We're all the same. We all have, like, the, the, the toughest guy, burly guy, beard, flannel, drives a plow truck. You know, that guy cries. Right? And, and, and even your most dainty, feminine woman has moments of strength that you can't comprehend. It's called childbirth, guys. Can't hang. They're on another level. We are stronger together. I want to make you feel better. I want you to, to physically move better. And I want you to think better. Right? I'm here for you. You're here for me. If, uh, I mean, since we're just starting it out here, there's going to be a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of political issues to kind of just dive in through. So I'm not going to have a dearth of content there, but feel free to let me know if there's anything uh, you do want me to dive into. And, uh, yeah. Keep, uh, keep wrenching, guys. And, uh, again, that would have been a nice smooth entry exit, but... I forgot where my button's on the keyboard, so. Yeah, 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 keep wrenching.